Hello there and welcome back to the FFS podcast and welcome back to the MWF series. Now for those of you who are joining us for this particular episode and are wondering what the hell the MWF stands for, it's basically the midweek fixture series, something I started in season 2, where we go about reviewing games from across the week. This is episode number 27 and we're going to be reviewing three games for this particular episode. So this is part 1 and for part 1 we're going to be reviewing Arsenal versus Liverpool uh, which is a huge game in the Premier League and I think if you go by statistics I think most number of goals scored in this fixture and to help me review and discuss last night's game we've got two guests on the panel we've got Devansh who's uh, an Arsenal supporter and Errol who's a uh, Liverpool supporter and they've been on the podcast before talking Liverpool and Arsenal and I'm glad we could have them back on here and so I guess we'll ha- start off with the big question of the evening and that is what were your thoughts on that game okay so this was the worst performance i've seen like i've seen very bad performances we've had emery we've had also wenger away games in the last in his last season even under arteta when we played 3-4-3 but this has got to be one of the worst we've played like there were 11 players 12 players on the pitch and only one of them played fast like 10 of the players went missing the only player who was good was thomas partey danny sabas was i don't know what to say about him he has provided four assists in his last three european matches all of them have been for the opponents so you know like what to expect from him even leno started making mistakes our defense was so bad holding us losing headers to jota Our attack was almost invisible. See, the only thing with Liverpool, like if you remember, like a couple of seasons ago during Benitez and the Brendan Rodgers era, one thing which I'm really worried about Liverpool falling back into the back into their old ways is performing against the top six and absolutely being dreadful versus the bottom six. Now, the one thing is, I think in in the remaining fixtures that Liverpool have in the Premier League, they have the maximum number of fixtures from any of the other. Uh, contenders for the top four spots versus the bottom five. So I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, based on the uh, the results that have uh, beat so far, like the season. If you look at the results so far, we've had nine losses so far, and if you look at the last three seasons, that's more than the last three seasons combined. I think the last three seasons combined, there are there were a total of eight losses in the Premier League alone, and we've already had nine losses this year. I don't want to talk about what we were at. This time last year when we won the league, but I'm still skeptical on finishing in the top four. I know Leicester they did better. They you did not really expect them to to, to to grab points against City, but I still feel they're kind of out of reach for falling out of the top four spot. So Chelsea would be uh Chelsea and maybe Tottenham would would be our main contenders for that top four place. Obviously, the hope is Liverpool winning the Champions League and getting automatic qualification. But Istanbul is still a distant dream. I mean, for this particular game, what did you make? Uh, because were you sort of impressed by the performance, or do you think it's oh, like slightly? Yeah, so the, uh, the person you know. that played it impressed you the most, and I think he, he kind of had a point to prove was Trent because he was a winner for the England squad. Yeah. And hopefully, Gareth Southgate does end up with. I know England are spoiled for choice in that position. They have Adam Saka, Kyle Walker. Uh, what's Chelsea guy's name? Uh, Daniel James. Aris James. Aris James. Sorry, sorry, yeah. not Daniel James. <laughs> so then, who really gets a start in the Euros is a big question. But I don't know. I'd, I'd be foolish 
to admit ten for the final twenty three, uh, the score of twenty three. But I think they they're planning to make it twenty five. So let's see I what happens. Sure, yeah, uh, no, but definitely, and I think it was an improved performance from what we've yeah. seen over the last few months or so. But how much is it down to having defenders in the defending positions and midfielders in the midfield position? Because since Jan until probably two weeks ago. We were yeah. playing midfielders in the defensive positions, and we. And it's the Kabak, yeah, the Kabak uh, Phillips partnership. I think the the fact that Klopp's given them playing time together, there's I think somewhat of an understanding between the two, and hopefully he sticks with that during the midweek fixture against Madrid because I don't want to see Fabinho back in defence just to make uh, room for Wijnaldum or maybe uh, having Wijnaldum and Milner playing in the midfield. So let's see what happens come Wednesday. No, definitely, and they want Arteta. You know, he also sort of they had that comeback against West Ham, and you thought that would probably spur things on. But why do you think he's he opted to go much more defensive against Liverpool? We weren't exactly defensive. If you uh, see, like we played a front three of Laka, Aba, Pepe. The problem was the injuries which we had. Like Xhaka and David Luiz are very integral to our build-up. Also, Saka helps us keep the ball in attacking positions. With those three missing, we weren't able to progress the ball forward. And when we were able to get the ball forward, we didn't have the correct players to make anything happen. So that was one issue. We weren't exact uh, defensive at our lineup. To be honest, most of my friends were saying that we actually played a very attacking team, considering with Liverpool. Like Obalaka starting is very rare for us. No, that that's true. But I'm just talking about. In terms of not only the lineup, but I'm saying like Aubameyang spent a lot of time in left back. But do you think that's down to more uh, what happened on the pitch with like the way Liverpool were attacking rather than you know the tactics being? Yeah, uh, it was more down to Liverpool, I guess, not the tactics. I feel because uh, whenever we played Aubameyang, we tried to keep him as much forward as he can. Also with Tierney getting injured, we have to play Cedric. Tierney mm-hmm. he could hold his defense, but Cedric isn't that good defensively. We saw that. Uh, the first goal came from the left hand side only. A Trent put a cross in because there was no one covering. Like Oba isn't that good defensively, and Cedric was a bit forward. So that right, and obviously the injury to Kiantini is. I mean, it's not good news for Arsenal because uh, you've all, like you mentioned, you've had some of the other players go out and some of your key players, which is quite weird because some of your key key players have are actually your youngsters, whereas the more experienced ones are the ones that are that were still playing, but. Going forward, I, I think now it is mathematically impossible for you to get to the top four. I'm not too sure on that, but how? But I how think the only the only point I was told is that it's mathematically impossible for Liverpool to win the league last night. <laughs> Fair After, enough. Yeah. So I think Arsenal. Uh, I think get a top four. I think it's still anyone's guess. Sure, but it's obviously going to be more difficult now that you've yeah. lost the game at Emirates. But so, how important is it now that Arteta focuses on the Europa League? It's like very important because if you see, we can beat Slavia Praha, then we'll have Villarreal and United. So against United, we surprisingly have a very good record. So I'll be confident if we get them in the finals. But considering our, our current form, I don't think so. We'll even reach the finals. Let's hope just we have a players fit. Like if you have Saka, Emil Smetro, Xhaka, and all, we can play a good team at least somewhat, and we can reach till the Europa finals. Definitely, and I guess I mean I think everyone. In the world of football, is hoping that you beat Slavia Prague just because of what happened in their previous game against Rangers. I don't know if you saw this athletic survey which said that Arsenal fans were happy with Arteta, the manager, but they don't expect much from their team come next season. So it kind of gives off a slight mixed vibe 
from the Arsenal fan base and I just want to know your thoughts on that as well. So the first thing is yeah, again, uh, regarding the Slavia Prague incident, the player uh, Glenn Kamara is a former Arsenal academy player. So it has an additional motivation for us. Also, yes, most of our fans even uh, now I have also changed to Arteta. I'm not Arteta out now like I was a few months back, but I still have my doubts over him. And our team is very inconsistent. Like one day we'll see Obal back to that 1920 season when he could score a goal from half chance from outside the box, and then the next game we see him completely missing. And there's Pepe, who we don't know whatever he does. Like at times he's just dancing about, at times he tries and something, and he scores some screamers or something. There is only one good midfielder we have that's Party like as a DMF. Odegaard needs support to attack, and our fullbacks only there's one good fullback that's Tierney. So we don't have a very good squad to be honest. Like we have four five good players, the rest of them are bullshit. Right. Okay. And Errol, talking about Liverpool, they are just two points away from the top four. Granted that the teams, after, I think the yeah, next after games, games after yeah. them, yeah, I've, I've got one game or two games. Yeah. Uh, have played one or two games fewer than Liverpool. So how much of a boost is? this win given that they could get to top 4 and how important is it that you take one game at a time yeah i think the most worrying fixtures for the, for the games left would be the ones against leeds and man united the other ones newcastle southampton west brom i know west brom they did beat us in the first leg so there's no there's no telling what what can happen and what what should happen but i, I just feel the games away from home at least we've been maintaining a good streak Away from home, but I just don't. I I don't have an answer. So what has happened at Anfield in 2021? I just I just don't have an answer. For that. <laughs> yeah, I mean after having a record of how many ever 60 odd wins, yeah, 30, uh, 60 odd unbeaten. Yeah, yeah, 60 odd unbeaten games at Anfield. You suddenly have six on a row that you lose, and suddenly everyone forgets about the 60 odd games that you've yeah. gone unbeaten. But yeah, it, I guess it's a hoodoo that you'll have to overcome, and we'll have to overcome in. a short span of time if you want to make that top yeah like, like i mentioned before we started recording i'm still hoping that the return fixture of the champions league game isn't played at anfield <laughs> yeah yeah definitely budapest for the win yeah. <laughs> uh but all right so thanks devansh and errol that's all the time we have for this particular episode or segment uh and i can't wait to host you in the near future whether it be for the europa league games i guess post slavia prague depending on who you face and errol uh with i know with the champions league with real madrid we'll try and figure something out but yeah, hopefully then, hopefully hopefully come september for a uefa super cup uh, episode yeah exactly <laughs> exactly but until then thank you for being a part of this podcast and like i said can't wait to host you in the near future yeah thank you yeah. Awesome. And uh to those of you who've been listening to this particular episode, that's it for part 1 or segment 1 of episode number 27. I'll catch you all in part 2 which is coming up right after this. See you. All right. So welcome now to part 2 of episode number 27. If you're joining us for this particular part, then welcome to the podcast and I do recommend you go listen to part 1 as well. and if you joining us and if you continuing from part 1 then i'm glad that you stuck around uh and i'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy this particular review as well for part 2 we're going to be reviewing the uwcl return leg fixture between manchester city and barcelona and to help me review this we've got the panelists from our first leg review 
So we've got Anirban, who is a massive supporter of FC Barcelona, both the men and women football team. And we've got Jude, who is the treasurer of the Manchester City women's supporters group. So we've got them on here to discuss their thoughts on this. And also, because Anirban definitely had the better first leg and he kind of was happy with the first leg, I thought it's only fair that we give Jude her time to shine as well on this podcast. And so, Jude, why don't you tell us a bit about the game? Yeah, hi, thanks, Paddy. Yeah, it's nice, nice to be back. Thanks, thanks for inviting me back. Yeah, se- second leg, a very, very different game from from the first leg. It was, it was nice for Manchester City to to be playing at home at the Academy Stadium in Manchester, where we welcomed Barcelona uh, for, for the second time. We've, we've played in a friendly there previously, but yeah, o- overall on on the game, two one, uh, Manchester City one two one. Um, scores goals by Janine Becky um, and a penalty from Sam Mewis, and then Barca with um, Ashwala scoring as well. Overall, of course, City went out, wasn't to be, but, but I was really happy with the performance on the day. Barcelona is a tough, tough team, and the amount of goals that they have scored and, and the few goals we've conceded over the season is has been astronomical. So I was really happy. The whole team really worked hard. They put in a huge performance and ground out the result on, on the day. Unfortunately, they, they'd left it too much to do over the course of, of the two legs. But, you know, hey, that's that's football sometimes. For me, it kind of felt a little bit like the Lyon semi-final that we played in 2017. Again, we beat Lyon in Lyon and we've been the only team to have beaten Lyon. <laughs> For for a very long time, uh, certainly in the Champions League, anyway. Um, but again, over the two legs, it, it wasn't to be. But yeah, proud proud of what the team did, and I, I wish Barcelona every success in in the next round, whether it's Lyon or, or PSG that they face. I think they've got a a good shout of winning it this year. One stat that I did see that I really liked was that the goals that City did score against Barca was apparently 25% of the goals that Barcelona have actually conceded this season. Yeah. So, um, so so that's a nice little stat. I'll take that. But but yeah, yeah proud of the team. Yeah, I think we could have done much better in this match. I think similar to last night, we lost many opportunities to get into the goal. But I'm happy that we, we got two kids, Jana and uh, Bruna. I think they both came off in the, I think, in the 87th minute. And they're like young girls. I think uh, for them to get a platform, and today both of them showed we beat uh, Levante 7-1 today. So in that aspect, uh, our young team looks good. But yeah, I mean, we could have done much better. But yeah, I mean, we right now, we're hoping to meet either your or KSG. I would prefer to meet Leo in the sense that I really want Barca to beat them just for the sake of the 19 finals. I think we are a much better team than last time and it would be a dream to beat Leo because they are a fantastic team. How scared were you when the first goal went in from Manchester City? Because yeah. we spoke about it in the, during the first leg, but once that first goal went in and we saw how Manchester City were attacking Barcelona and they managed to get that goal, what thoughts were running through your mind? At that point of time. Honestly, nothing in the sense that I knew it would, it, it, they would be able to defend it. Unlike the men's team, I think I'm very confident about our women's team, especially the defense. Overall, we were saying we hardly considered any goals, right? I think that, uh, 
they are the um, city are the only ones i think in the season of sport to go to class so i was con- quite confident that we'll be able to defend it just because we had a good position in the first leg and um, i was not even sure that we we'll would defend that that was never a yeah i mean issue as that but again knowing city knowing the attack they have uh, i knew they will score at least for a two goals for sure but yeah it would be very difficult to uh, come back with that first leg right and jude when that first goal went in what were your thoughts as well and that's my first question the second question that i have for you is now post match we know the the result was 2-1 so how much of a regret was it that you couldn't get that vital away goal especially uh, given your chances in the first leg oh two two good questions so i think when the first goal went in i think sort of talking with other city fans it was that could we could it happen um the the hope you know city always say we fight till the end and and we the team absolutely did but so that that first goal went in and the way the team was playing you know sat here watching it at home and everybody was like wow come on come on and and everybody was like quite excited you know realistic as well you know we huge you know huge, it was a huge huge ask but you know you have to believe you have to fight the team did it so when that ashwala's goal went in you know their heads dropped for a little bit but they kind of bounced straight back and and they just kept pushing and fighting and i and i think as as a fan seeing your team perform on on the day i was really happy i couldn't have asked for more of course the first leg you know f- football it's you know shoulda woulda coulda you know if that penalty had gone in we would have gotten away goal you know who who knows what would have happened you know the game was fairly evenly balanced with possession and and shots and and things like that you know you know had had one of the other goals gone in you know it could have been a different a different result but you know hey it it wasn't to be but we'll come back next year fighting again was there anything that was done tactically by taylor in, for this particular leg not really i from watching the interviews um, beforehand that that gareth did i mean he made it very clear and he just said we're going to go for it and and they did it it just felt that the team really wanted it on on that day why that didn't happen in the first leg i i don't know maybe we gave barcelona too much respect both teams are very much attacking possessive football you know i i i just don't i don't know the <laughs> i don't know the answer to that but but certainly on on the on the second leg you know it was very much we we have to go for it you know we have to put in a good performance and and they did awesome and even because of this result which is i think your first loss in 22 odd games are you slightly nervous that city have probably shown a blueprint of how to beat barcelona to some of the other teams like a lyon or a paris depending on who gets through yeah look honestly city City is a tough team, right? It's not like I would say compared to the league we play. In, uh, of course, our uh, even the La Liga is very competitive, but then again, City play a lot physical, right? I think that, I think that's what the probably the change would be. I mean, I I think it's better that we lost now rather than losing it later. Uh, I think it's good that we have something to. change tactically and also uh, to reflect on on how we can improve and city showed us that and i think it's a, it's a good 
thing that that happened uh, and i'm glad that it happened at this stage so that at least we would have a time to uh, refresh things and also improve on those as right how okay so the thing is you were undefeated until this point and so in a way are you glad that you kind of had the defeat so that you know it wipes the slate clean and your your team can go again at it and you know they don't have that burden of oh can we go through this entire tournament undefeated i don't think barca was uh, you know looking for some record or anything like on unbeaten streak i think everybody plays to win right i think that was the main motive but we lost and uh, i think in that way city played really well and in the next match which we have it's going to be more tougher right it's it's lyon or or psg i think uh, it will just get tougher from now on and it's better that we lose now and at least get that thing out of it uh, that you know unbeaten streak and stuff whereas see we still have our unbeaten streak in the la liga we today we beat levante 7-1 so that's going still on but uh, i think champions league is hard is much harder than what it is perceived to be and uh, it's good that at least we have that in place now and uh, we'll be ready for lyon or psg right like you mentioned we aren't sure as of yet whether lyon or psg will qualify uh, we hope that the match will happen because we saw in the previous leg i think it was psg that uh, eventually qualified because uh, one of the teams had to forfeit or they forfeited because they sorry they forfeited but still managed to go through and so we hope that that match gets played out and we find a true winner there but jude from manchester city perspective now now that you're out of the champions league how important is that tie against chelsea now come towards the end of this month yeah it's really important i mean from from a manchester city perspective if we win every game that we have left in the wsl we win the league it's it's as simple as that obviously that fixture that was set up for the i think it's the 25th of april isn't it that yeah. will have to be moved now because um there's champions league that weekend exactly. which obviously I mean, you, in you, that, would, so. you would like to have that on the 25th itself because that means you'd play a slightly weakened a chelsea team that's tired from the champions league game well i guess i guess it depends upon when they do it i mean having sort of followed city women through through the champions league since they've been in it my assumption will be that the the league game will be moved to a midweek mm-hmm. that might benefit manchester city um yeah. obviously there's there's no travelling involved and we're no longer in in the champions league campaign but you know Ch- chelsea are really strong side so it's and they're they're playing really well um they they played well against wolfsburg and obviously wish them as much as it pains me it uh, i <laughs> i wish them success <laughs> in the next round but um but yeah it's it's really important you know both both teams are in league action today both won convincingly and and they say that you know the people in in England are saying whoever wins that match between city and chelsea will be the one who wins the league but there's still games to go people yep. can still get tripped up you know it's it's a very competitive league and and just because you look at the maybe the top the top 3 so city chelsea arsenal clubs that are, are lower down in the league they can take points off of you so you know it's it's not over till it's over so we just concentrate on each game and and winning each game exactly i mean that tie is going to be one game to watch uh, and of course it's it's going to be interesting to see how i mean chelsea are going to be affected by that champions league game but i guess that's all the time we have for now for this particular podcast so thanks anirban and jude for being a part of this 
episode uh part of this the segment and for giving your thoughts on that game i'm glad we could have the second leg review as well but uh, of course congratulations to anirban and barcelona for making it through to the next round and commiserations to jude and manchester city but yeah looking forward to hosting you in the near future whether it be for the semi-final leg with either psg or lyon and of course the the game against chelsea in the come end of april all right so i guess that's it for part 2 of episode number 27 i guess i'll catch you all on part 3 which will be coming up right after this so see you all right now welcome to episode number 27 part 3 uh, and for part 3 or segment 3 we'll be reviewing the bundesliga game between rb leipzig and bayern munich it's a it was a huge huge game in the bundesliga if anyone's following the league especially because things are so tight at the top and to help me review this also important game we've got two guests on the podcast we and both of whom have been on the podcast before especially on this series we've got jens who supports rb leipzig and we've got ojes who supports bayern munich so i guess we'll start off with the also important question which is what were your thoughts on that game hi brady i'm glad to be back on the podcast again so about that game right it, if you ask me it's exactly what i didn't anticipate i anticipated bayern leipzig to be a goal fest which is both the teams like to press both the teams like to play high a lot of pace i was kind of surprised i was actually impressed by how bayern sat deep because if you ask me in terms of in terms of football i think leipzig were the better team for most parts of the game both in the first half and the second half but this was a very uh, for the lack of a better word a very jose morinho like gritty victory where we had like a couple of chances we we converted one and after that we were quite okay with sitting back and absorbing the pressure having said that i think uh, leipzig were fairly wasteful but if bayern can play like this and you know also have this low block which is so not like how bayern play which is relentless in playing a high line and making those mistakes where you get caught on the counter or with that ball on the like you know a, a quick long ball i think this kind of gave us a blueprint of like how i suspect bayern would also play against psg and with teams that are faster which have a faster offense than like say bayern's defense and i think not having fonzi also kind of made it a simpler decision to play with the slow block so i'm, I'm fairly impressed by how well we defended but we definitely missed lewandowski and i think there's a fair bit of figuring out now to do an offense so overall a, a, a very good defensive display but as a game i think a, a draw would have been a fairer result for us yeah i actually was a little disappointed uh, by the result because uh, in my opinion we were the better side and we created lots of chances but we failed to like uh, score the goals so that's arguably uh, our weakest point is Yeah, the final way to the goal. But uh, yeah, I was uh, pretty impressed with the way we played, and uh, yeah, really, I, I liked what I saw. But yet again, I also was kind of disappointed because I expected us to at least score a goal for a draw, but that didn't happen as well. And yeah, in my in my opinion, we were over overall the better side, and that's that's one thing I like about it. But yeah, mixed feelings. I'm happy with the way we played, but. not happy with uh, the result definitely and given what this game actually meant for this particular season yens especially that first 10 minutes or so post the half 
time break i think that's when you had i think some three or yeah. three or more chances so how much do you think nagasman and the team were ruining those chances because had you put at least one and i could count at least two that you should have maybe put away how much will you rue those missed chances and also does this result mean that the season is sort of decided yeah i think at least the bundesliga season is uh, is decided i think bayern uh, right now is going to be the title winner even though we have still a couple of games left i think uh, this was the decisive game since now we are seven points behind but then again we uh, got chances in the pokal as well so i hope we are going full for the pokal yeah true i mean, what was your you, other, other question again that, no just basically would you uh, i mean would nagasman rue those missed chances and then obviously you answer that as well in terms of how the season would pan out but i i think this would also mean that uh, i mean the pokal would give you a good chance of ending the season on a high rather than trophyless which would be massive for a club like leipzig right to ha- at least have some sort yeah, of silverware in here Yeah it's it's going to be the first major trophy in like uh, in the club existence so that's going to be a um, major point for the club and a major milestone uh we obviously we have already one trophy the two trophies two times Saxon Pokal but mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah it's going to be going to be a boost for our reputation as well and i think it's good for the team as well to actually have some credibility in terms of trophies perfect and oh just you were talking about how surprised you were given how solid you were in defense and i think we've had this conversation before or i've had conversations by and fans before saying that if you were to point out any sort of weakness in that bayern team it would have to be that defense which you could like you mentioned you could get past it with a pacey attack but throughout the season we've seen bayern not be the most consistent when it comes to clean sheets so how pleased were you with that performance uh, that defensive performance and does this kind of show the the ruthlessness of champions which means that you can win dirty uh, so so uh, pradi i think uh, there are two aspects to the clean sheet uh, the way i look at it one i think is that with leipzig i think they had a bit of a challenge an in game challenge where yusuf paulson picked up a knock so i think they were kind of affected by when they were just like you know upping the ante and kind of trying to get that equalizer in i think paulson picked up a knock and i think that kind of led to bayern getting a bit more comfortable with paulson struggling uh, not wanting to come off then eventually coming off so so that kind of helped us get a clean sheet if i'm being extremely objective uh with the clean sheet though i to be honest think that this bayern team it's not like the defense lacks cohesion or skill or ability i think it's just a byproduct of how we play football so it is extremely relieving that hansi flick still retains the pragmatism that we saw in the last champions league where after the olympic leonai game everybody was like you know like ferdinand said this where psg would score three against bayern before even bayern get to cebu and this was a sign that you know or a sign of how we set up against psg how we can play this game where we sit slightly deeper probably not had as much of an effect on our game but still create a couple of those chances because this is extremely important now especially now that lewandowski is not in the squad and and while it doesn't play a direct part on our defense what people kind of tend to overlook is that lewandowski attracts those two center backs which allows the team to be a little more free flowing chupomoting or even gnabry playing up front will not have that effect so we will have to play a little deeper because you know from a from a defense perspective you don't have an attacker that's tying up 
center backs quite like Lewandowski does. So, um, yeah, so I think this is a blueprint of how we're going to approach some of these games, especially in the Champions League. And I think if it means low scoring, grinding out wins, then yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. And a word on RB Leipzig going forward. How do you see them challenge Bayern come even next season? Absolutely. So I think uh, what Nagelsmann pointed out, and I, I fully agree. I am a, a, a like I'm a massive Leipzig fan only for the reason that I think while you know there's criticism about how the club's been formed and everything, I think they're doing everything right. Now the biggest problem this season has been integration, where Soboslai, Wang, um, and some of these other players who've been signed, uh, Benjamin Hendricks, who've been plagued with injuries in and out of the squad have not had enough time for integration because there's not been a, a pre-season. There's just not been enough time. So I think the squad is extremely talented and is bursting at the seams with talent. And again, with Timakan now coming in and the cash that they could possibly generate from Konate, I think they will strengthen the squad in the most creative ways possible. So I really think that even more so than Dortmund, or anybody else, I think Leipzig would be again in the title race and going just as well. The only thing I kind of request of Jens is that if you guys can play the way you all played against us, against Liverpool and in the Champions League, I think that would be phenomenal. Because we've seen signs of that against Atletico Madrid last year. And I'd be honest, I was very disappointed by how Leipzig played in the Champions League. But I think that's experience that will also kind of bode well in the future for the club. Yeah, yeah. From Also from Leipzig's perspective, when you saw this match, how confident were you that you could see your team challenge the likes of Bayern Munich in the near future? And also, we have, we have spoken about, I mean, there are rumours about a couple of your key players leaving like Sabitzer and Punate. Obviously, Upamakano is already confirmed. But how confident are you that the players that you've brought in already, which I, I know we had this conversation on Twitter, uh, how confident are you that Nagelsmann will get the best out of them yeah, I think we are still going to be ne- next season at least hunting for Bayern. I don't know if we we have the scoring power to outscore Bayern. Maybe because of the way Nagelsmann is playing. With He likes to play lots of midfielders and I think we are missing just the the scoring drive in the squad at the, at the moment. But to come back to your question with keep players uh, leaving... I think Tabitzer is going to leave. I think he's going to the Prem. Not sh- not sure about it, but I reckon he's going to leave. So, But that doesn't matter since we have Toboslai. Toboslai, we have got him for a replacement. We've got already a replacement for uh, Upamakano. Uh, there were rumors about, M- uh, not Mukele, but Konate uh, leaving as well. We got uh, Simakan. We got uh, Gvardiol. So I I think we are actually well planned for next season as well. But I don't see us yet as real title contenders because, like you said, lots of players leave. So the squad needs to adjust as well. So I think maybe in the 22-23 season, it's going to be our, our season. But uh, then again, yeah, it's only speculation. I'm not sure. True. Right now, it's only a prediction, but I think, yeah, definitely the future is bright for both teams. And I can't wait to see how this rivalry blossoms in the near future. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this particular segment. So thanks, Jens and Ojas, for coming onto this podcast and giving your thoughts on this. I can't wait to host you in the near future, whether it be Jens for the Pokal final or Ojas, you know, yeah, uh, depending so. on your result as well in the Champions League. 
pleasure prari thanks for having me on the podcast yeah thanks for having me as well awesome all right so thank you to those of you who've been listening to this entire podcast episode with the conclusion of part 3 or segment 3 that also concludes the entire episode 27 If you do do like the football content we are putting out here, and, and if you particularly like this episode, then please do rate us. You can follow us on seven different podcast platforms. You can listen to our previous episodes also on those platforms like Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You name it, we're probably there. And if you have differing thoughts on what you've heard today or our previous episodes, or if you want to be a part of the podcast as well, uh, you can let me know either via Twitter or Instagram, where I try to keep as active as possible. So I guess that's about it for episode number 27. I'm your host Prady once again. I'll catch you all next Wednesday. You stay safe and see you.